Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote the 2021 MLB season is here, and although the seats may not be full, your bankroll has the chance to be. Greg Hoops Peterson has you covered for every game, every day this season, along with comprehensive analysis and angles for getting to the window while celebrating the walk-off winners and blown saves of what will be a wild season. Now it is time for the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. Warmer from the low, welcome to Love You Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Craig Peterson, got a great podcast for you. So in the second segment, we're going to be joined by our good friend Curtis Rogers. He does terrific work over there with 710 ESPN in Seattle. When they're in season, he is the pre and post game host for the Seattle Mariners as well. We're going to be chatting with him about what we've seen in these first two games of the series general outlook on what we're going to be expecting, and then also a little bit on Game 3 of the World Series, and then the final segment. Going to be looking forward a little bit to Game 3 of the World Series. I won't have my New York Post pick until tomorrow because, well, I was just making sure that you wound up having nothing harebrained go on with the bullpens, things like this, and I'll be submitting that story tonight, so that's just the way that we wound up going about it with that. And first things first, on this podcast, always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions, as if you've got any thing with regards to a segment idea, just something that you want me to dive a little bit more in depth on. If you got one or two ways to go for those in, first one is my Twitter timeline, at gnet underscore d1. Keep in mind, letters M, they mean us on matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Did not wind up seeing any questions today, but we wound up having an interesting game two of the World Series. So let's take a look back at it and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. It is now one-to-one as the Houston Astros were able to get a 72 win over the Atlanta Braves. For the 13th time in 15 games this month, the Houston 
Houston Astros got five or more runs as they load up Max Free. He winds up giving up six runs, all of which were in the... The fielding did not do him any favors. Ozzy Albies wanted to make an error out there in the field along with Eddie Rosario, so that was not great. And for the Atlanta Braves, their main form of offense was a Travis Darno home run. His first of, I believe, the postseason in general. That comes off of Jose Urquidy, who's able to end up really solid start. He winds up giving up two runs over the course of five innings for Freed. He gave up six runs in his five innings. Then from there, the Houston Astros bullpen did their part. Christian Javier and Phil Maiden combined for two scoreless innings. And then Ryan Presley and Kendall Graveman both give you a scoreless inning. And the deep shot that the Astros were able to get actually winds up coming in the seventh inning. Jose Altuve gets his first home run of this World Series as for the Astros. They were able to get a lot of these totals over. You wound up seeing the opening total 8.5. For the closing total, it was 9. So whether or not you got the over or a push, that depends on when you want to pending this. But for the Atlanta Braves, giving up that home run was Mr. Smiley giving up that run in an inning. Kyle Wright was able to give the team a scoreless setting, and then you wound up having Jesse Chavez along Dylan Lee combined for an inning as well as the Atlanta Braves. They do wind up getting 7 hits in this one. They go just 1 of 5 with men in scoring position. Meanwhile, the Braves 3 of 12. So, that's what we wound up seeing in Game 2 of the World Series. Now, let's just take a look at the series in general. Try to project forward a little bit to Game 3 and helping me do so. Curtis Rogers of 710 ESPN in Seattle. We're going to be chatting with him next right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. Back here in Las Vegas for the baseball betting podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. It is always great to be joined by this guest. As the man does a terrific job holding it down out there in the great city of Seattle, more specifically with 710 ESPN in Seattle. During Seattle Mariners season, he does pre and post game work for them. And this is a guy that now is doing some work over there with the Seattle Seahawks. We've got a hockey team now out there in Seattle as well. They want to play their first few home games the last few days as well. He does some work when it comes to the afternoon shows with 710 ESPN. He also does the Seattle Sports Night and Seattle Sports Saturday podcast. So this man stays very busy and they'll be able to get those podcasts. Wherever you get this podcast, you're able to find that one as to be able to follow Curtis on Twitter. That is at a kid from Kent as we've got Curtis Rogers joining me on the podcast and my friend, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Hey, no problem, Greg. Always great to be with you. And, I mean, look, we've got some great World Series action going on here. Tied 1-1 heading back to Atlanta for Game 3. You couldn't ask for a better scenario in terms of a competitive World Series. I will say it is pretty weird to see the Astros win a home World Series game, something we haven't seen <laughs> in quite some time. But they head back to Atlanta here, tied 1-1. Couldn't ask for a better first two games in terms of the kind of series that we're kind of we're all hoping that turns into maybe a six, maybe a seven game series. I'm right there with you. And I felt like game two was a must win for the Houston Astros because to go down 0-2 and have to rely upon Luis Garcia, who I think we both agree, he hasn't necessarily been the same pitcher on the road as he has been at home. That would be a little bit of a roll the dice scenario. Being able to get that game two win, I think is very big. And when you take a look at the series in general, I think that there's just going to be a lot of runs in general that wind up getting scored. I feel like game one 
really set the tone of that. Neither of these starting pitchers were able to get more than seven outs, so we'll end up having the bullpens get used up quite a bit. And I just take a look moving forward, and I think that we're just going to see a bunch of offense from here on out. Oh, I think so, absolutely. And there were some crazy stats thrown out there about how starting pitchers in these posts in this postseason, very few of them have gone past six innings. We're going to see more of that here over the next few games in this World Series, especially with Atlanta being down their rotation anchor and Charlie Morton, a guy who you know can get you six, seven, eight innings anytime he takes them out. He's not going to be pitching the rest of the series. Atlanta's bullpen is going to be relied heavily upon, and I think because of that, their offense is not going to be allowed to take any nights off. We saw in Game 2, they only mustered up a couple of runs here and there, and they lost. And I think that could very easily be the case here as they go back to Atlanta. I mean, you mentioned Luis Garcia. There is an opportunity there for the Braves to jump jump on him as he is not necessarily as good as he is at home. Now, that's not to say that Garcia is a bad pitcher on the road. He's more of an average pitcher on the road than he is compared to Minute Maid Park. So maybe there's an opportunity for Atlanta there. Conversely, the Astros, if they continue to put up runs like they have all throughout this postseason and like they did in Game 2, I think they have a really good shot at you know getting home field advantage back on their side. If you're the Astros, you obviously want to win it in your own ballpark. So you got to take at least two of the next three from the Braves at Truist Park. So a tall task, but if there's a team that can do it, I think this Astros ball club could very easily do so. I do think they are the better team of these two, even though Atlanta looked very good in game one and won that one pretty convincingly. Houston kind of restored order a little bit in game two. I'm right there with you. I do think that the Astros, when it's all said and done, I think that they are going to be walking away with the trophy for the World Series. But I do take a look at it, and I certainly don't think that we're going to be getting any sort of a five-game gentleman sweep here. But I take a look at it, and what I think is the advantage for the Atlanta Braves is their bullpen. They wound up using a lot of it in game one, so they had to throw out their, shall we say, their less than trustworthy guys like a Dylan Lee, like a Drew Smiley. In game two, when it comes to game three, you're going to have A.J. Minter. You're going to have someone like Tyler Mazik out there. I think that that's where the Atlanta Braves really need to take advantage because this is an Astros lineup that they have scored at least five runs in now 13 out of the 15 games they've played this month. But at the same time, I think that the Braves bullpen can do a good job of, at minimum, providing a little bit of a speed bump to that. Yeah, and what's going to be good is that heading back to a National League park, the Astros won't have the luxury of using the DH, which means you look at their outfield situation right now, you've got Brantley, Kyle Tucker, Jose Siri starting center field, and Jordan Alvarez was the DH in game two. I would imagine Alvarez will shift to one of the outfield spots. I think Siri is the guy that will probably get sat down in terms of the lineup going into game three, but Look, I mean, the Astros are going to be playing a style of game that they have not played over the course of a 162-game schedule. The Braves will be playing something that they've played in probably 145, 150 games out of the 162-game schedule. So Atlanta will have the advantage, you know, going into Game 3 from that standpoint. But, I mean, you know, you look at the Astros substituting Jordan Alvarez's bat for Jose Siri's bat. I mean, I would take that 10 times out of 10. But, I mean, Alvarez, maybe not so great with the glove, so maybe there's an opportunity to kind of take advantage of what's, you know, being handed to them as they head back to Cobb County there and, and, you know, they get a play in their own home ballpark, which 
Look, I mean, <laughs> if you had told Braves fans at the beginning of the playoffs that you'd be hosting games three and game four at worst in the World Series, they would have taken that every single time because, man, what a run they have been on here. And you hope that it wasn't just some game one magic, like you said, and that they can make this a series here. You don't want to see the gentleman sweep, at least from you know, a baseball fan perspective here, you're kind of hoping for a very competitive series that goes long. But I do think the Braves have an opportunity that I think they can take advantage of. I think they could win at least one of the next three against Houston. I think this series does go back to Minute Maid Park at some point. I completely agree with you. As we do have Curtis Rogers of 710 ESPN, in, in, <clears throat> as we do have Curtis Rogers of 710 ESPN in Seattle joining me on the podcast. And I think that that best opportunity might wind up coming in game three because, as we know, Charlie Morton is out on the shelf. And you figure that both of these teams were going to have to utilize some sort of a bullpen game at some point. Maybe wind up having Jake Odorizzi wind up starting game four for the Houston Astros. I think that you're probably going to be seeing someone like Adrew Smiley winding up having to provide length in game four after he wound up having a pitch in game two as well. So not necessarily ideal for the Atlanta Braves, but Ian Anderson has a sub two ERA throughout his career whenever he started in the postseason. And we mentioned it with Luis Garcia, someone who wound up providing a very good start against the Boston Red Sox to be able to close out that series. But you take a look at him on the road so far this year, and he's got nearly two points higher on his ERA rather than at home. So that's a big issue that I have with being able to trust in the Astros in Game 3, though. I think after that, then it becomes a little bit more smooth sailing for Houston. Yeah, I think this upcoming Game 3 matchup is going to be so pivotal in this series. I have a feeling that whoever wins Game 3 is going to have a very good shot at winning this series, especially if Atlanta can take a 2-1 series lead with Games 4 and Game 5 set to be played in Atlanta. You look at Ian Anderson's numbers here in the postseason, he's managed to make three appearances, and they've all been at home, which is wild to think that just how you know he's been used this year the luck of the draw really and his fourth appearance will also be at home you know he made that short outing against the Dodgers early on in that series and then you know another shorter outing later on in the series but he only gave up three total runs in those two outings pitched five shutout innings against the Brewers you know the Brewers and Dodgers They've got some deep lineups. The Astros, they've got a deep lineup as well. I do think the Braves are going to have Anderson pitch, you know, how they've used him before, where, you know, second, third time through the order, probably not something he's going to end up seeing over the course of Game 3. But I think he could very well have success getting through the order the first or second times. You mentioned Garcia and just what he has done this season for the Astros, that big start he had against the Red Sox. For whatever reason, the Astros just have found a way to win and win in some hostile environments and win on the road this postseason. You know, I think they are just so built for October. It's it's crazy to see just this lineup and this pitching staff. You know, after all that they've gone through, injuries, you know, Justin Verlander's not there. For them to be in this position, I mean, it's a testament to what they have built in Houston. Obviously, you know, there's the whole banging scheme scandal from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But this organization still has a lot of, you know, pieces in place to keep it going, even after, you know, potentially they lose Carlos Correa this upcoming offseason. They lost George Springer last off. Who knows how long this train's going to keep rolling for them. But if they are able to win the World Series here, I mean, man, what a job that they have been able to do over the last couple of years. And it will be in front of the home faithful of Terrence Gore, who it seems like every single year finds himself on a postseason roster, even though he's 
played like, what, 40 career games. He's always on a postseason roster. Won a World Series ring with the Kansas City Royals. Was on the L.A. Dodgers last year. He was on the Chicago Cubs in 2018. Now here he is on the Atlanta Braves, and he is out there in case if they need a runner. So it's a good, a heartfelt story there. And, Curtis, I know that we're focusing more on guys that, well, they're going to make a little bit more of an impact on the series. But I know you're doing a great job of just taking a look at a little bit of everything. I know that you do a nice job holding it down out there in the great city of Seattle, covering everything from now hockey all the way to the NFL. You've got the Seattle Sports Night, Seattle Sports Saturday podcast. list goes on and on. So love the good people at home. Now they're able to follow you on social media and just everything that you've got going on in general. Yeah, we're, we're doing it all up here, Greg. It is a very, very busy time. And look, I mean, we've got MLB free agency coming up right after the end of the World Series. Here in Seattle, there's a couple of big names that could be deciding on some player options here, team options, Kyle Seager and Yusei Kikuchi. So there's going to be a lot of interest just in the immediate aftermath of the World Series and then also gearing up for a big offseason of free agency spending and trade rumors, all that fun stuff, Greg. I know we all look forward to hot stove season, and it's good to see that there's going to be more teams looking to spend and looking to trade this upcoming you know, winter here because, man, you hate to see an offseason where guys just kind of sit on their wallets and you don't see the big names move until, you know, early March, you know, halfway through spring training. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I think we're going to see a lot of movement. It's going to be some fun, fun stuff to talk about. I'm right there with you. You talk about hot stove season. I think it's going to be more like fire pit season because I think it's going to be that hot. I think that we're going to see a lot of guys moving around. I think that a lot of teams are going to take the Braves approach as well and be like, hey, we don't need to tank in order to be able to make a World Series. I think that that's something good that we have seen from this run that we have seen with the Atlanta Braves and something that is always good, getting Curtis Rogers on this podcast. So big thanks to him for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast and coming up next. We do not have a World Series game for tomorrow, so we're going to look forward to what we're going to be having two days from now in Game 3. Also taking a little bit of a look at the series price as well in a little something like call Touch Them All. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we're back to the lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Always great to be able to get Curtis Rogers on this podcast. He does an absolutely terrific job out there with 710 ESPN in Seattle. Now it is that time of the podcast that we take a little bit of a look at the series price that we've got right now and give you a little bit of thoughts going into Game 3 of the World Series and a little something like call touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that there is going to be a little bit of subject to change since we are going to be having a travel day in the World Series, so we've got nothing today. This is going to be a look at what we're going to be getting on Friday, but first things first, let's take a look at the series price as right now it's all knotted up one-to-one, and you're finding that the Astros are a little bit less of a slight favorite than they were at the outset of the series. With the Atlanta Braves, they were right around about a plus 125, plus 130 in some spots coming into the World Series on the series price. You're finding them mostly right around a plus 115 to a plus 120. So you're getting a little bit of a haircut on that plus price as compared to if you want to betting this pre-flop. Meanwhile, with the Houston Astros, they're now between a minus 125 and a minus 135 on the series price, which I think is relatively correct. I think that the Astros are going to wind up winning this World Series, but at the same time, I think that this is going at minimum six games, if 
if not seven. I don't think that we're going to be seeing a gentleman sweep. And a lot of it has to do with what I think is going to be going down to 955-956 as the Atlanta Braves are going to be playing those the Houston Astros in this one. Luis Garcia going for the Astros and Ian Anderson on the bump for the Braves. And Braves are anywhere between a minus 107 and minus 110 favorite. And you're finding the Astros anywhere between even money and you're finding them as bad as minus 110. 8.5 is your total in a lot of spots with that over and under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. Seeing at circa a straight 8 with the over juice of minus 120 and the under at even. And at the Westgate, a straight 9 with the under at minus 125 and the over at a plus 105. I'm going to be taking a look at the best number I can possibly get for the over. Circa actually opened this at minus 110 juice on the over of 8 and I wound up taking that. I wound up setting this total a little bit north of 9. So even at a 9, I'd be taking a look at the over. So I feel solid about that. And then you take a look at Ian Anderson. I was mentioning it with our good buddy Curtis Rogers of 710 ESPN. Guy's been nails in the postseason. His career postseason ERA is sub 2. Every time he takes him out, he gives his team a chance to win. In seven career starts in the postseason, a 161 ERA. So he certainly has been able to do his job. You take a look at the Atlanta Braves as an entirety. They are 6 and one whenever he takes him out in the postseason, including winning all three of his starts this postseason now. He hasn't necessarily went deep in a lot of his starts here in the playoffs. Five innings or fewer in all three of them, but he's done a good job of being able to hold down the fort. His walks per nine rate is something that's a little bit high. Regular season and postseason, it's a little bit below four, but you take a look at Luis Garcia, and I think that this is something that you need to know with him. 239 ERA during the regular season at home, 424 ERA in the postseason. If you add in their regular and postseason results, it's now more than a two-run differential between home and road, so that is something of significance on the road so far this year. He's given up right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings, and we saw both of these offenses erupt in the first two games of the World Series with the Braves. It was in Game 1 with the Astros. It was in Game 2 with the Astros. They have scored 5-plus runs in 13 out of their 15 games so far this month, and for the Atlanta Braves, every single one of their starters in Game 1 wound up having a hit, so you're getting it from all these different guys. You take a look at the Atlanta Braves as an entire you haven't necessarily had one guy pop off and have that massive World Series thus far, but Ozzy Albies, he wound up giving the nation a free taco. He's hitting a 375 thus far. Travis Arno was able to get a home run in Game 2 as well. Eddie Rosario has cooled down a little bit ever since he wound up having that outburst in the NLCS. I think that we all wound up seeing that happening, but Ore Soler was able to get a home run in Game 1. As a matter of fact, a leadoff home run, and then you take a look at the Astros, and you got so many guys that are able to do a good job of being able to get on base. Yuli Gurriel, Michael Brandley, between regular and postseason Season, both hitting above a 315. Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, Carlos Correa, along with Kyle Tucker. All during the regular season at above a 270 with at least 26 home runs apiece. Jose Altuve winds going deep in game two. He has been rock solid, but where I think the Atlanta Braves are going to have a little bit of an advantage is that because of the travel day, guys that wound up having to pitch in game one. I'm looking at Tyler Madzik along with AJ Mentor, two guys that wound up compiling north of an inning. They're both going to be available in this one. Now, they did wind up replacing Charlie Morton with Tucker Davidson on the roster because as we know, Charlie Morton wound up going out of game one due to injury, so that is going to help them out a little bit in a strange way because now they're going to have a little bit more depth, and then you take a look at the Houston Astros, and this is a bunch of which they did wind up throwing out guys like Kendall Graveman and Christian Javier in game two, but because you've got 
the travel day. None of these guys wound up throwing really over 30 pitches. They should be all good to go here in Game 3 as well. But with that said, I do think that we're going to see Luis Garcia get lit up a little bit. I'm looking at a total over, and I'm looking at the Atlanta Braves on the money line. I'm going to be narrowing down my New York Post play here in the next 24 hours, and then I will have that for you on the podcast tomorrow. And if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you have one of two ways we offer fire those in. First one is by Twitter timeline at jarenerscourty1. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline, and the other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, which means I am coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.